everyone. Welcome back to the Late Bloomers Gambit. I'm your host, Jetta Shea, and I wanted to touch on something a little bit different today. In our first episode, we review the lives of two very well-known late bloomers, Judy Bloom and Mom Mosley, Mom Moses, excuse me, who both had great commercial success relatively late in life. I don't really feel like Judy Bloom's was that late, but for the sake of this argument, it is. Now, when you think of a late bloomer, Their roles or their life stories are traditionally what you think of. Someone who had great success, not just success, but great success later on. But what about the rest of us? What about people who perhaps you don't have ambitions to be some great author or a painter of some sort? What if you have great success in your career at this point in your life, but there's still something missing? I want to discuss that today. I want to talk about what it means to respect your own opinion. I'm Jetta Shea, and this is The Late Bloomer's Gambit. So yesterday, I received a text from a very good friend of mine who's kind of going through a rough time in her life, and she asked me if I missed my youth. Do I miss my youth? And her definition of youth, because I had to ask for clarity, of course, was the ages between 18 and like 22. Do you miss that time in your life? And honestly, yes, sometimes I do. I have a great deal of nostalgia when I think about that time. I always look back over that time in my life and I smile because it was the first time in my life that I was on my own. It was the first time I lived by myself. I had to figure out how to be an adult. And I had a very basic template, but I actually added a lot into that. Um, kind of a tricky time in your life if you think about it. It's you're graduating high school. You are not quite old enough to to fully have the perks of someone, let's say, in their late 20s. You know, you're you can't really your first off, your car insurance is still super expensive. You are not making the money that you hope to make, but you're making it work. And that's the thing that I look back with with fondness every time I think about that time in my life because It was exciting. I had so much hope. I was living on my own for the first time. Well, actually I had a roommate, but I had a mediocre job. I was living off of the dollar menu at Wendy's and McDonald's and the popcorn from my job at the theater, but I was fearless. Of course, I was more than aware of my current situation. And sometimes I didn't know how I was going to pay rent, but my hope was so loud that my fear couldn't compete. It couldn't hold a candle to my hope for the future. So my friend had a similar sentiment. She she felt the same way. She was talking about the nostalgia of that time and how exciting it was. But then she added this sentence and it kind of broke my heart. She said, you know, I prayed for this life that I live now. And I am so unhappy. I genuinely thought that once I had the things that I prayed for, that I would be really happy. I mean, who am I to complain? I have this life now, but I was so much happier back then. And you know, I don't think that's a very uncommon thought. I think lots of people experience this. I once read that depression, if you can measure depression, I feel like that's relative to each person, but stick with me. One of the most 
excuse me, one of the most depressing times in an athlete's life is the day after they win gold or they win an Olympic medal or they win like the Super Bowl. The next day is the most depressing day of their life. Same thing with an actor. The day after the Academy Awards, even though you're holding this golden statue, you've reached the pinnacle of what you thought was success. And it's, I feel like it's something people don't quite talk about enough. It's something that I think people feel guilty about speaking on, but I want to discuss that today. I want to dive a little bit deeper and, wanna, and I want to help all of my late bloomers who are struggling with this. Maybe you have great commercial success. Maybe you have the life that you think other people want. It's a life you've always dreamed of, but it's not quite what it's cracked up to be. Don't get me wrong. I understand that responsibility does dictate a lot of the moves that you need to make as an adult, but hear me out. When you're bold enough to say that this isn't working for me, there are some aspects of that that you can change. Granted, some things are out of our control, but a lot of things aren't. And in this particular niche of late blooming, I think a lot of that is because you follow the format that wasn't authentic to yourself. For example, when you are 18 and it's time to step out of that door, the thing that hits you the hardest is that I am now going to be an adult. I have to make decisions that the consequences will solely fall back on me. And what most of us would do is look at our family life. And even if you weren't a fan of the way your family live, you tend to carry those things over until you can experience something on your own that replaces that um, knee-jerk reaction to follow your family's lead. I think the first step is opening your mind. If you are sitting in your home today and you followed the template, you got the job, you got the car, you got the family, and you're unhappy with one aspect of that, hopefully it's something material. Then the first thing you need to do is realize at what point did I stop dreaming for myself? Whose dream am I really following? I think when you are unhappy, a lot of times what you'll discover if you are honest with yourself and you take the time to navigate that uncomfortableness, you'll find that at one point you traded your dreams for the template only to discover that it didn't quite fit you. It was not a one size fits all, but you did what you needed to do to make that template work for you. So the first part of that is just opening your mind, taking a step back and remembering how you felt when you were a dreamer. Now, don't worry about, you know, spending too much time, quote unquote, daydreaming because you've already proven to yourself an action. And this is specifically for my late bloomers who are, who have a quote unquote successful career that the rest of the world would deem um, desirable, but it doesn't fit you. There is no point living the next 40 years of your life doing something that you hate. There's no point in doing it. Take a step back, figure out where you went left and go from there. But the first step in doing that is remembering to dream. Don't think about what's going to make your wife or your husband happy or your partner, whomever. Don't think about what's going to make your family happy. Think about when am I at my best? When was the last time I threw my head back and I laughed? When was the last time I got lost in an activity? And I don't care how mundane that was. I don't care if that means you were counting coins and you felt peace or if you were building a new fence for your house. Think about that 
and go backwards. It doesn't mean that you need to count coins or build fences. It could just mean that instead of being, I don't know, the art director for a museum you hate or a stay-at-home mom, maybe you need to get out and do something, put together puzzles, figure out ways to mend broken systems in our world. There's something out there for you. It's just a matter of discovering it. I would argue that blooming is 90% discovery. You'll never reach your full potential if you follow someone else's template. You can't do that. That's, that's called survival. Understand that, yes, you will go to the end of your life stating that, yes, I survived by doing X, Y, and Z, but I never actually bloomed. This podcast is for the bloomers. I want to see you come into your own, no matter what that is, because it once you are comfortable in and of yourself, once you are doing the thing that you are naturally made to do, you can't help but spread that to the rest of the world. So when I talk about late bloomers, understand that we run the gamut. Some people have success, commercial success, or some sort of career success later in life. Some of us have success later in life due to lack of access. Perhaps you were poor, you move into a different class, and you're able to have access to other things, thus creating some form of success. What I'm talking about today is personal success, meaning you are fully autonomous, you have full agency over your body, over the things in your life, that sort of success, which is a little bit harder to come by, and I'll explain why. I'm sure there's a clinical name for the syndrome I'm about to describe, but for the sake of this podcast, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a psychologist, I'm going to call it the Christmas Eve effect, and if you don't celebrate Christmas Eve, let's call it the Thursday effect. I'll explain. There's nothing like anticipation. I would argue that anticipation is actually better than experiencing the thing that you are anticipating. And you know why? Because you have full autonomy over what you think the situation will be. For example, when you're a kid, if you celebrated Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever, when you made that list, you had a vision in your mind Sometimes it was heavily influenced by commercials. Otherwise, it was just your own personal heart's desire. You had an idea in your mind of what it was going to feel like to hold that toy, to hold that doll, to hold that new computer. You had a full set of dreams. There, I remember growing up, my brother and I would get the Toys R Us catalog sometime, I think it was in late October, maybe early November, and we would... <laughs> First, we'd argue, but then we'd always agree. We'd sit on the floor on like a Sunday afternoon and we would each grab a pen and we would circle the toys we wanted. We would carefully, I mean, we would be meticulous. We would go through this catalog three or four times, making sure that we circled everything we wanted. And then we'd make our list for Santa and then we'd spend the rest of the time talking. The time between the early November and Christmas discussing our gifts. We were so excited. Now, granted, Christmas morning would come, we'd get those gifts and we'd enjoy them. But looking back, the anticipation was the best part. It's like, this is going to change my life. This is going to be amazing. A lot of us, especially late bloomers, do this. And it's because at some point we stop respecting our own opinion. Let me explain. When you are a child or when you're younger and you have dreams and aspirations for yourself, much like my friend and I did, at 17 and 18, when we moved out of our homes, the world is your oyster. You have a lot 
of information right in front of you. And you have to figure out how to navigate this in a good way. But mostly you are basing it off of your interpretation of what your life should be. For both she and I, we thought, okay, we'd go to school. We'd get great jobs. We'd find love. We'd get married. We'd have children. Fast forward to today, she and I are both in our mid-30s, so it wasn't that long ago. 20 was not that long ago. It seems like it was just two days ago, but I digress. When you're dreaming about your life, you're only dreaming based on the experiences you hold. Someone who's 17 and 18, for the most part, I know there's a lot of you out there who had a rough life and maybe had to be a little more adult than most children do. With all due respect, this one is not for you guys. I love what you do. I love that you had to, that you endured, but this is for those who didn't actually know what the world was until they experienced it for themselves. When you're 17 and 18, you have this hope and it is based on, I think in large part, it's based on the family you grew up in. It's based on a lot of the television you watch or however you absorb and um, process the world. It's based on that. And then you couple that with the the hope and aspirations that you have. And you have this vision. Okay. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get married. I'm going to have this wonderful life. And most of us don't think any further than that. But what happens is that you step out into the real world and you realize that dreams are great, but you need a different plan if you need to survive. And most of us choose to survive more than we choose to dream. And so instead of going to school, maybe you, I don't know, you had to work and that work built, it replaced every time you envision something and the outcome is totally different. You replace that hope that was in the original vision with the reality. And depending on how skewed your view of reality was before you experienced life, the outcome becomes very different than the hope you have. And I think that's the thing that she's missing. I think that that hope and that anticipation of what life was going to be and the fun that was going to be attached to that isn't what happened. And she's lost her ability to dream. And I'm, I'm actually guilty of that too. When you need to pay your bills, when you need to survive, and all of us who are parents now, you know that your, your actions affect other people's lives. It changes the way that you move in the world. Now that's the, that's on one end, but let's say that you actually did follow the dreams that you had in, you know, at that age, 17, 18, you went to school, you got the career, you did all the things, but now you're just sitting in your life. Like this is not at all what I wanted. I think this is a great time for you to take a step back and use this particular gambit. This week's gambit is trusting and respecting your own opinion. You need to be bold enough to say to yourself, this isn't working for me. Not only bold enough to admit it, but you need to be bold enough to say, this isn't working and I'm going to change it. And that's going to require a certain amount of boldness and a taste of fearlessness. One of the things that stands out, as I remember being 19 or 20, is that I had kind of a clunker of a car. (laughs) It was a 1993 Pontiac. I guess it was just a Grand Dam. Unfortunately, um, Grand um, Pontiac 
is no longer being manufactured, but this car was pretty common at that time. And it was my mom's and it was over a decade old at that time. But I loved that car. I love that car because for me, it meant freedom. Now, I had to learn a lot of things being a new adult, a newly minted adult. I just figured out how to buy coolant and where to pour it. And I would get in that car and sometimes she would come on, sometimes she wouldn't. Sometimes I'd have to park in a parking lot for several hours until it was ready. But it did not stop me from taking road trips. It didn't stop me from going where I need to go. And I think about that now and it's like, there's no way I would do that. But it's because the ambition and the hope and that openness that I had at 18, I don't have anymore because I understand now that I could be stranded on the side of the road and that's just not the life I want to live. But if we're honest with ourselves, being a little bit fearless, being a little bit crazy, being a little bit off your rocker will elevate you in some instances. Let's keep it. Let's we know which ones it'll push you to that next level. Now, I'm not suggesting that any of us go out and put yourself in immediate harm. But what I'm saying is open your mind once you've been bold enough to say this isn't working. Once you start thinking about the things that move you forward, and this could be in your career, this could be in your family, this could be in your relationships, this could be you being bold enough to say no to people you've never said no to. I want you to consider trying something new and totally out of the box. And I'll say, I think this is the best bet because it is it requires a little bit of bravery and it will create a synthetic form of that fearlessness you once had when you were able to dream for yourself. Don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to try things you thought you would never try. Whether that's cooking, whether that's speaking in front of people you never want to, walking up and, and starting a conversation with a random stranger. Do something uncomfortable. Because once you push yourself past that that invisible wall that you built, it's going to start triggering. It is, a, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, it is a domino effect in your life. You'll immediately start thinking of new ways to express yourself. You'll, oh my gosh, I can't believe I was able to do that. Do the thing you're afraid to do. For some people, that's going to mean skydiving. For other people, that's going to mean humming out loud in a grocery store. Just do something weird this week. That's gambit number two for this week. Do something weird. Do something uncomfortable and don't be afraid to express yourself. Okay. I want to leave you with this. In life, you are not going to be able to avoid disappointment. But what we can do, and I'm speaking specifically to you late bloomers, because we've already waited long enough. You've already waited for that moment. I don't want us to spend the rest of our lives in anticipation of something because that anticipation is a great spot to be in. It's very fun. It's very um, encouraging, but there's no actual action behind it. And we have to step into our lives. Don't be on the sidelines of your life. Don't sit and observe yourself and dream of what it could be because you're going to miss out on the things that God actually has for you. You have to step forward. So I want to leave you with this. Open your mind. Don't be afraid to discover because that is 90% of the blooming process. Create fearlessness by being bold. A to yourself, B to other people. And lastly, do not store disappointment. No one 
Not a single person escapes this life without being disappointed. But hope will absolutely quelch that if only you were bold enough. I'm your host, Jetta Shea, and I will see you next week. Don't forget to be bold, be fearless, and bloom.